Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C O R R Y J O E L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. This time around, we're going to look at the most recent developments in the quarterback market. That means the new contracts of Derek Carr, Geno Smith, and Daniel Jones. And we're going to get the ball rolling with Derek Carr's new contract. As we all know, Derek Carr was released by the Las Vegas Raiders before $32.9 million, his $32.9 million 2023 base salary and $7.5 million of his $41.9 million base salary were going to become guaranteed on February 15th, which is the third day of the waiver period. That gave him a jump start or head start on free agency, and he took full advantage of that. Now, um, Carr signs a four-year, $150 million deal with the Saints, with the New Orleans Saints. There's $60 million fully guaranteed at signing and $100 million in overall guarantees. Now, he was scheduled to make, over the next three years, $116.3 million um, from his previous contract, so he acquitted himself fairly well. Now, the Saints always made a lot of sense because, one, they're the only team which expressed some interest in trading for Carr, and two, he played for Dennis Allen previously. Dennis Allen was the Raiders head coach who was drafted. He got fired early in Carr's rookie season, but nonetheless, there, nonetheless there's a connection there. And there's a major needed quarterback from the Saints. They haven't really found a long-term solution since Drew Brees retired now. The deal has a $28.5 million signing bonus, a $1.5 million 2023 base salary. The 2024 base salary is fully guaranteed. So that's where the $60 million that's fully guaranteed comes from. Um, there's a $10 million uh, March roster bonus in 2025, a fifth day of the league year roster bonus in 2025. So, um, and that is guaranteed for injury signing along with his 2025 $30 million base salary. Both of those are guaranteed for injury signing. That's where you get the $100 million in, in total guarantees. Now, the $10 million roster bonus becomes fully guaranteed third day of the 2024 league year. So that means next March, around this time, that $10 million will vest. The $30 million base salary in 2025, that becomes fully guaranteed on the third day of the 2025 league year. There's an unsecured 2026 uh, contract year 
that bumps up the number to me because there's 50 million in salary that year, 40 million base salary, and a 10 million dollar fifth day of the 2026 league year roster bonus. So, Cars are going to be assured of getting 70 million out of this deal. They're not going to cut them before the third day of the 2024 league year when the 10 million invests in 2025. There's an offset so they could recoup some of the money if he didn't make the 2025. But I'm really looking at this as 100 million um, over three years, which is a three-year deal. Even on paper, it's four, so it's 37.5 million. Realistically, I'm calling it 33 million 333,333 dollars per year. So, Carr basically lost 16.3 in the process from what he was scheduled to make on that Raiders deal that he was released from. As you would expect with the Saints. This is a four-year deal, but the Saints, since they like to kick the can down the road better than any team I've ever seen in NFL history, there are avoiding dummy years in this contract. There is a listed base salary in 2027, 2028, and 2029 of $40 million. You can prorate signing bonus over five years. So they've got two years with no proration right now, which allows them, because they're automatic conversion rights in the contract, which is basically in any major contract nowadays, that you have the right to convert money into signing bonus to create cap room. So this already contemplates that they're going to have two salary cap uh, restructures or conversions to kick the can down the road in 2024 and possibly 2025. So that means you got the signing bonus being prorated, at 5.7 million annually 2023, 2024, 25, 26 and 27. So Carr's cap number in 2023 is very manageable, 7.2 million. Jumps up to 35.7 million in 2024. Then it goes to 45.7 million in 2025, then 55.7 million in 2026. There's right now $5 million of proration sitting there for um, 2027. If you got that fake dummy salary of $40 million in there. And these years void on the last day of the 2026 league year, 27 through 2029. So, um, Carr did a pretty good job as far as I'm concerned on his contract. Now, Geno Smith is a case of don't believe what you read about a contract because um, how a contract is presented and how a contract actually is can be two different things. Now, when the reports came out, it was billed as $105 million over three years, which is $35 million per year. Now, I'm like, hey, when someone asked me, what do you think about Gino's contract, I was like, seems like a pretty good deal for him based on preliminary reports. Yep. Yeah, then the fine print, other details of the contract started coming out. It ain't quite what it seems to be. That's the max value, not the base value, and that's something that agents do. They'll report the max value, give it to someone, because it's kind of like if a newspaper, when there were newspapers, got something wrong, that the original report got a whole lot more attention than the retraction. Not as many people were paying attention to the amended report of the contract. It's $75 million over three years is what the uh, base value of the contract is. 
that Geno's getting a $26.1 million signing bonus, $1.2 million base salary in 2023, $200,000 workout bonus in each of the uh, three years. So he's got $27.5 million in cash attributed to uh, 2023. He's got a $12.7 million base salary in 2024 and a $9.6 million fifth day of the league year roster bonus as well. 2025 base salary, $14.8 million, and he's got a $10 million fifth day of the league year roster bonus in... 2025, and as I said, the $200,000 in workout bonuses in each year of the contract. Now, the way the um, Seahawks structure contracts, that means that the guarantee upon signing is going to be lower than it would be in most other places. That there's 27.3, which is fully guaranteed at signing. The overall guarantee is 40. The uh, roster bonus is unsecured. I forget exactly what year it was, but Seattle stopped guaranteeing the base salary in year two um, upon signing. They do have an early guarantee date. It goes from injury to fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2024 waiver period. That's been a staple of their contracts dating back to Russell Wilson's first contract extension in 2015. Um, it was maybe 2012, 2013 when they stopped fully guaranteeing the second year upon signing. But nobody's been able to get that. Now, Geno coming in at this level isn't all that much of a surprise based on comments he made after they were eliminated by the uh, 49ers in the wildcard playoff round. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect that he wanted to do right by the Seahawks because they did right by him, that the way his career was going, he could have been out of the league, but they gave him a new lease on life. And when he made those comments, to me, that meant this is not a dude who's going to look to try to maximize every last dollar. And that's his prerogative, and that's fine. Now, there are a whole lot of uh, there's a whole lot of upside in this contract, and the upside is in roster bonus escalators. He has two million for achieving four thousand two hundred eighty-two or more passing yards in the 2023 season. Two million for 30 or more touchdown passes in the 2023 regular season. Has to have a minimum of 224 passing attempts. But that's two million for a um, completion percentage of sixty-nine point seven five five percent or better. Two million for a passer rating of a hundred point eight seven four or better, minimum two hundred twenty-four passing attempts, and two million if the club wins ten or more games during the twenty twenty-three regular season or qualifies for the playoffs. Uh, for the 2023 season and the player participates in 80% or more of the club's offensive plays during the 2023 regular season. He didn't miss a snap last year. 
So if he hits all five, there's also an additional $5 million bonus. So this all gets added to the roster bonus. So that means that, let's say he earned everything. Then his 2022 roster bonus goes up by $15 million from 9.6 to... I guess that'd be that is not my strong suit anymore now that I'm older. It'd be twenty four six would be the roster bonus. So then that roster bonus would be twenty four six if you earned all five of them. Now the escalator works the same way in twenty twenty five, same thresholds, but they apply to the twenty twenty four, his twenty twenty four performance. So that's where the extra thirty million comes in. So it can max out at 105 million and basically the thresholds picked where he has to do essentially what he did last year formed it hit everything he had a through for a franchise record uh 4282 yards at 30 touchdown passes um 69.8 um completion percentage uh, passer rating of 100.9 there were nine wins by the Seahawks last year so if we can duplicate what he did last year two years in a row he's going to make $35 million per year if not he's going to make somewhere below that if last year was an anomaly then he's probably still probably going to get two years out of this but won't get year three so I'm really looking at this that it's 50 over 2 which is kind of a souped up version of Teddy Bridgewater um, Bridgewater first round pick who had that gruesome knee injury with the Vikings which led to them trading with the Eagles for Sam Bradford in 2016 then Bridgewater went to the Saints and was backing up actually signed with the Jets then got traded to the Saints I believe and was backing up uh, Drew Brees then became went to Carolina, signed a lasted one year there, but signed for three years um sixty three million in twenty twenty with thirty three million in total guarantees and got traded for Denver. So this is kind of a and that was in twenty twenty, so this is kind of loosely an upgraded version of this deal with a whole lot more upside. So for Gino um, given what he said at the press conference, not really surprised. Would have liked to have seen the deal a straight 90 over 3, but gives the Seahawks flexibility. Uh, much better for them than him being on a $32.416 million franchise tag, which may have been an option. Also, it probably takes them out of um, the quarterback market. They do have the fifth overall pick, thanks to Russell Wilson stinking up the joint in Denver last year. The Broncos' first-round 2023 first-round pick was a part of that trade. Now, where this deal is probably going to become relevant might be for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, um, Garoppolo is probably the top quarterback of an expiring contract. Um, I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets. That gets worked out. He gets traded, and he doesn't retire. I think this deal might have some relevance to Garoppolo. Now, to me, Garoppolo should be in play for the Raiders since Tom Brady retired. And Carr's moved on to New Orleans. 
Um, they've got a history with them because Josh McDaniel was the original offensive coordinator. Maybe the Texans is a bridge quarterback, and the money would be less probably in Houston. They're picking number two. He might be a one-year bridge deal in Las Vegas. Might be a two, three-year deal. There is no real quarterback middle class. But this deal might make some sense, at least on the base value for Garoppolo. Um, His last deal with the 49ers was uh, five years, $135 million. Briefly made the highest paid player in the league at $27 million per year. Um, So maybe you're talking that Bridgewater, $21 million per year. Um, to the $25 million base value with some upside. So I do think this deal may have some relevance um, for Geno Smith. Um, I mean, not excuse me, for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think the Geno Smith deal could have some relevance for where Garoppolo ultimately ends up. And if I'm a betting man, then I'm going to say he'll be a Las Vegas Raider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The most surprising and best deal of the three quarterbacks belongs to Daniel Jones. And Jones was originally represented by CAA and made a switch to athletes first during the early part of the offseason. Um, this is a case where the fifth-year option rules and the change with the 2020 CBA are coming back to haunt the New York Giants. Under the old rules, fifth-year options were guaranteed for injury upon exercise then wouldn't become fully guaranteed till the uh, first day of that fifth year which would be this upcoming um, March 15th under the old rules Giants may have picked up the fifth year option for Daniel Jones last May by last May deadline Um, but 22.348 million to be fully guaranteed based on what you didn't see for Daniel Jones in the first three years, understand why they passed on it. Now, price point would have been a little bit different. As a top 10 pick, it would have been equal to the uh, 2022 quarterback transition tag, which had been $27.186 million, but given where this deal actually came in, they probably could have done that and then had bought themselves more time. Um, wouldn't have had the same pressure to do a deal um, that they had to now. I think part of what Daniel Jones benefited from is they wanted to make sure that they got either Jones done or running back Saquon Barkley done. Jones it became clear after the uh, they were eliminated from the playoffs that he was going to be the priority for the tag. So if push came to shove, they'd tag him, let Saquon hit the open market, didn't really want either one of them. They didn't want one of them to be free, so I think they may have gone stretched a little bit more than they had planned to for Jones to get a deal done. This kind of also reminds me of the Titans in 2020 
they had Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, quarterback, running back, both up. They got Tannehill done it right before the tag deadline. So they could stick the tag on um, Derrick Henry. Now, this um, Jones deal, it's $160 million over four years. $40 million per year. Now, last year's a little inflated. There's $47.5 million of cash in the last year. So... You could say it's 1.12 million over five, 37.5 million per year. That's the three-year average. Either way, it's a whole lot of money for Daniel Jones, <laughs> given what he did and didn't do this year. Now, there's 93 million fully guaranteed at signing. He's got a 36 million dollar signing bonus, 9.5 million dollar base salary in 2023. There's a $500,000 unsecured workout bonus in each year. That's not a part of the guarantee. He's got a $35.5 million base salary in 2024. That is fully guaranteed at signing. Now, there's a total guarantee for injury of $23 million in 2025. The base salary is $30 million. There's 23 guaranteed for injury. Now, 12 of the 23 is fully guaranteed at signing. Now, that's how you get to the 93. Because you got 81 fully guaranteed in the first two years plus that 12. That gets you to 93. That's the full guarantee. Now, here's what gets interesting about that other 11 million. That if Jones is on the roster... The fifth day of the 2025 league year, that 11 million guarantee injury guarantee voids, so it disappears. So I'm calling it 93 fully guaranteed at signing, uh, potentially 104 million. If something goes wrong, he's got 104 of the total guarantee, but really I'm looking at it as 93. Now, 2025 base salary, 30 million. Then $46.5 million base salary in 2026. He's got a $500,000 fifth day of the league year roster bonus in 2026 um, as well. So I'm really calling it a three-year deal. Now, there's a lot, a lot of upside in this deal. That there's $35 million in upside. So the max value of this deal is $195 million, which would work out to $48.75 million per year. The uh, upside is pretty interesting. By upside, I mean incentives and escalators. That He's got basically two tracks of escalators incentives. That there's one based on playoffs and one based on his individual performance. And the playoff incentives that... It's an incentive and escalator. Anything that he earns is an incentive, gets added to the subsequent base salaries. So what he earns in 2023 is an incentive. Let's say, hypothetically, earn $1 million. That gets added to the 2024 base, 2025 base, and 2026 base. And then if he earned a million in 2024, then that would also get added to the 2025 and 2026 base. Um, so that's how it works now. Um, there's a cap for each 
track of the um, escalator incentives. By track, I mean the playoff track and the individual performance track. He can earn a max of $5 million um, in any one season for an incentive or escalator. And there's a cap, and that works for either track, and there's a cap at $17 million that he can make over the life of the contract. So once you get to 17.5, then basically there, you can't earn anything else from that particular track. And then you get to 17.5, you max out there. You can't earn anything else as well. So that's the max at 35. Now, what are the individual thresholds, you may ask? Well, if he participates in 65% of the offensive plays and the Giants qualify for the playoffs. That's five hundred thousand dollars. There is another seven fifty for sixty-five percent of the offensive plays, and the Giants win the division, wins one playoff game, and well, that's that's for seven fifty. Now, if they if he wins one playoff game, and he participates in sixty-five percent or more of the club's offensive plays in that same game, there's another million. Or if the club earns a wild card buy, earns a buy during during the wild card round, participates in 65 million, participates in 65% of the offensive plays uh, during the regular season, he gets a million. So two ways to earn a million. Then there is 1.25 million for winning two playoff games and participating in 65% or more of the club's offensive plays in each playoff game. Now, if club earns a bye during the wild card round and they win one playoff game, participates in 65% or more the offensive plays um, in the regular season, then he still gets the $1.25 million. Now, there's additional. These are, these are cumulative. Then there is... Um, if club wins the Super Bowl and he participates in 65% of the offensive plays in the Super Bowl, that is $1.5 million. He is capped at $5 million, as I was saying, in any particular season for the amount that can be earned and also escalate. So, um, max is 17.5. You can earn from that particular track the playoff track. Now let's go to the individual performance track. There are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 different ways you can earn money under the individual incentives. Now, and this, these, these apply each season. And, and for the playoffs, they apply each season. So I'm not, so basically it's for the 2023, 24, 25, and 26 seasons. So if Jones throws 19 or more touchdown passes or ranks in the top 15 in touchdown passes, and that's for that's $250,000. Now, 25 or more touchdown passes or ranks in the top 10, that's uh, an additional 375. Now, if it's 31 or more touchdown passes or ranks in the top five in the NFL um, in the category, that's 375,000 more passing yards. Um, 3,325 or more passing yards or ranks in the top 15 um, in passing yards, 250. 3,800 passing yards or more ranks in the top 10, that's 375,000. 
4,550 or more passing yards or more or ranks in the top five, that's another 375. Now, uh, 24 or more total touchdowns, passing, rushing, and receiving, or ranks in the top 15 in the NFL in total touchdowns, passing, rushing, and receiving, that's 250. 26 or more total touchdowns, or ranks in the top 10 in total touchdowns, that's another 375,000. 34 or more total touchdowns, or ranks in the top 5 in total touchdowns, that is 375,000 more. Um, 3,700 or more total yards, passing, rushing, and receiving, or ranks in the top 15 in the NFL in total yards, passing, rushing, and receiving, that's $250,000. Okay, um, 4,375 or more total yards, passing, rushing, and receiving, or ranks in the top 10 in the NFL in total yards, passing, rushing, and receiving, that's another 375000 Finally, 4,700 or more total yards passing, rushing, and receiving, or ranks in the top five in total yards passing, rushing, and receiving. That is another 375,000. Now, here, the cap is a little bit different. The cap each year is not five. It's four million is the most you can es- you can earn in a season. And then in the escalators, four million. Still, 17.5 is the max, but... <laughs> Some of the stuff Daniel Jones ought to be doing for the value they're paying him for basically $37.5 million over three years, you ought to be ranking in the top 15. And you can make an argument, you really should be in the top 10 in some of these categories. So some of this is going to be easy money for him. So if he progresses as a passer once they get more weapons around him, and I know the receiving core, if you ranked him in the NFL – most quarterbacks would not go, I want the Giants receiving core. <laughs> as, as the weapons around him improve, this potentially very easily could be a $40 million per year deal. The money he could earn um, out of this deal easily. I don't think he's going to get anywhere close to the max of $48.75 million per year. So let's say he earned half of it. And I'm counting the first three years. Year four, he better be playing really well. He won't be around for that. Um, he's got a $45 million cap hit next year. They may have to restructure, which uh, would increase dead money. But the way the cap's supposed to grow, that would be somewhat manageable. His 2026 cap number is $56.5 million, So I'm assuming unless he makes strides, he's not seeing that year. So let's say that he earned seventeen and a half million. He's he's got one twelve five, and then seventeen and a half million. That's one thirty over three. You're basically at forty three million three hundred thirty three thousand three hundred thirty two dollars per year if he earns half of the money in between the two tracks. So getting to forty, I think, over the first three years is a, is what he ends up making, is realistic based on the thresholds for the incentives. Now, we already see an impact of this deal or his situation, not his deal, his situation um, on another team. The Miami Dolphins already decided, despite, and this is really early, despite the concussion issues with Tua Tungvaloa, 
that they're not taking any chances of this being Daniel Jones part two. Let's say Tua Heels with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, the way and how he was playing when he was when he was healthy. He'll blow past this deal if they didn't pick up the fifth year option. So they've already picked up his fifth year option for twenty three point one seven one million. Now, this deal to me makes it infinitely harder for the um, Vikings to try to get something done with Kirk Cousins. They have reportedly had extension talks with Cousins, but nothing is imminent. Now, Cousins for 2023 has a $36.25 million cap hit, $30 million in cash. He's got a $20 million third day of the league year roster bonus, which is March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. It's already fully guaranteed, so the optimal time, if you're trying to create cap room to get a deal done with Cousins, is before the roster bonus becomes set in stone on the cap on March 17th. You won't have the benefit of being the prorate that $20 million. Now, last year on the 16th of March, Cousins signed a one-year extension for $35 million and added two voiding dummy years, which expire, both expire if he's on the roster the 23rd day prior to the start of the 2024 league year. The base salary is $35 million in each of those years. So the easy thing would be, why can't we just convert those two dummy years into real years at that salary and then turn money into signing bonus? Maybe we don't add any more dummy years and go from there. And after this deal, that ain't going to work. <laughs> because if I'm Cousins and I am consistently in the top 10 practically every year I play in passing yards since I've been in Minnesota, passing yards and also touchdown passes and Daniel Jones gets money just to be in the top 10, I'm not signing for anything under $40 million a year on an extension if I'm Cousins and probably want a little bit more. Um, if you just take the $35 million and adjust it for salary cap inflation, that's going to get you to close to 38 because the cap's gone, going up practically 8%, 7.97%, just to be more precise. And Cousins has had this team at his mercy, so to speak, ever since they signed him to that three-year fully guaranteed contract for $84 million. He's, he's kind of had him. The, the first time he had a transition player designation uh, prohibition. So he really had to redo the deal after two years. A third franchise tag for Cousins. He's already been franchised twice. A third franchise tag is 144% of basically of his uh, previous year's cap number. So he was able to parlay that into a two-year extension averaging $33 million per year in 2020. So that's a $5 million per year raise, and he does another one-year extension last year for $35 million. The thing is, if you let this thing play out and you wanted to franchise Cousins, you're, you're talking 144% of $36.25 million. So a franchise tag would be $52.2 million. So if you want to get off the uh, Kirk Cousins train, then you just let them play it out and you bite the bullet 
on the 30 million that he's going to make this year. Maybe you take the 20 million and you convert it because you have automatic conversion rights in the contract, the, the roster bonus, and convert it. You got the two dummy years. So you, if you take the 20 million for Cousins, divide that by three. You're going to pick up $13,333,333 of cap space. That may be, if you don't like the numbers of what he's thinking, and then you're like, well, we'll eat the dead money next year, bite the bullet then and be done with Cousins, and then go whatever direction you want to in quarterback in 2024, then that would be your alternative. But if you're going to get an extension done with Cousins, I don't see this thing being under $40 million per year. Um, based on the Daniel Jones deal and given where some of his incentives are in escalators, that basically doing stuff Cousins does on a routine basis would add to the value of this deal. The agent's probably going to look at the upside in this deal and factor in what he thinks Cousins would make and then use that as what the true comp is. So this Daniel Jones deal didn't do any favors as far as I'm concerned, for Cousins, it's going to be most applicable for him. It's not going to be really applicable to Jalen Hurts. It's not going to be applicable to Joe Burrow. It's not going to be applicable to Justin Herbert. But it is a great deal for Daniel Jones. Um, Whether it's a three-year deal, four-year deal, hats off to Daniel Jones for getting this contract. Well, that's going to be this week's Inside the Cap. Uh, Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-L. You can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agent Stake, on NFL salary cap and contract matters. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.